Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. That's Chris and Amy's show on KMOX, and um, depending on how the timing is, we might check back in with uh, Sonny Gray's second inning of work mm-hmm. in Jupiter, Florida. They take on the Boston Red Sox as the Grapefruit League continues. Um, Amy, today is primary day in Michigan. It is. And I believe we're supposed to get first results probably around 8 o'clock tonight. Um, it is a, a, a an important primary day for both... Uh, Joe Biden, I, we didn't really talk about him earlier today, but it is for him to sort of test what the temperature is as far as his candidacy coming back, because there has been a push in Michigan from the likes of Rashida Tlaib, who has suggested that people should vote non-committed or uncommitted mm-hmm. instead of voting for Biden in the primary to send a message. She's not happy with the handling of uh, the war in Gaza, and also for Nikki Haley and President Trump. We do expect Trump to win that, but just by how much, I think, is is what's important here. Now, yeah. all of this is happening, and, and against this, there's the backdrop of this polling coming in from Gallup. And it was released this morning, and they asked voters what they believe to be the most important concern for them in 2024. Can you take a guess as to what was number one on the minds of Americans? I can. For the first time since 2019, number one on the minds of Americans is immigration. It is immigration. And what's striking is that in just one month's time, mm-hmm. that that percentage has increased pretty significantly. Back in January, which wasn't that long ago, 20% thought that immigration was the most important thing with governments uh, being the number one thing. I'm sorry. Um, I said immigration was most important. It was the second government was number one at 21 percent of respondents said that they thought it was the most important with immigration 20. Okay, Mm -hmm. The percentage points have gone up by eight. So now it's 28 percent believe it is the most important thing. And the next is government at 20. And uh, look, it is something that we have got to get a handle on. Yeah. I do not believe it is the most important issue the country is facing. I believe the narrative is telling us it's the most important issue in the country. But I just don't believe it to actually be the case. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I feel like we've talked about the various the various issues and different issues that have been that are facing our country that voters are most concerned about. And we've we've been pretty even handed, I think, with looking whether it's culture war issues or the economy, inflation, domestic policy, foreign policy, immigration. The list goes on and on with these very real concerns. When I was sick, I my, Okay, I guess it's so funny. When you step away from the news and you start consuming news differently, and you just do when you're sick and at home versus when you're preparing every day for our show. Yeah. I will say my concern over immigration grew 
over the however many days that I was sick, when I wasn't so in the weeds of polling, looking at how is Nikki Haley going to do in the primary, let's look at inflation and grocery costs and where are these costs actually high, where where is the price of eggs actually dropping, kind of a little bit in the weeds in some ways. And then you see the border and you see the numbers of illegal immigrants crossing the border. And you see that these are not just people coming from Mexico or even those from South America. You're seeing tens of thousands of people from China, uh, from halfway across the globe and how easy it is for them to get across the border. And I I started to feel like, you know, I think I need to be more concerned. That's how I felt over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I, my concern it's, is about the same. It, it's it's something that clearly needs to be addressed. So then let's address it. Well, there's mm-hmm. a bipartisan border bill that's there to, to be signed, um, but it needs to be voted on first. We can't even bring it to the floor of the House to vote on because uh, Speaker Johnson knows it's going to pass because there is bipartisan support for it. Here's I don't know how the towns in Texas... The border towns are surviving in the sense of it's a lot of immigrants coming into the town, crossing the border. Some are being apprehended. Some are not. There's getaways. There are those who are getting their paperwork done and then they are going to allegedly return to court in a couple of years. It feels so chaotic and it feels unsustainable. And I really and truly think it is unsustainable. We're seeing that with some of the migrants are being either getting on buses or are being bused to Chicago or New York or other sanctuary cities, they're struggling with the numbers. It's just sheer numbers of people. It's not sustainable. So then I would say this. If it is this important and the American people right now believe it is the most important thing, uh, the plurality of Americans believe it is the most important thing going on right now, knowing there's a border bill there to be voted on and signed, If the Republican Party, in particular uh, uh, the likes of Speaker Mike Johnson and some of the Freedom Caucus members, if they really truly care about immigration, if they really truly care about doing something about it, vote on this bill. It's right there for you. And if they don't vote on it, if they don't put it to a vote, then we know that they don't care about it and that it's just a campaign issue for them. It's All I know is it is incredibly concerning. It is unsustainable, and we need to figure it out. Chris and Amy show on KMOX. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Chris and Amy on KMOX. Dave Glover show coming up at 1 o'clock. Don't forget Kegs and Eggs coming up uh, April 4th. It is opening day at Bush Stadium. And we have our annual Kegs and Eggs uh, broadcast. Amy and I will be there. The VIP tickets or the uh, pre-sale tickets are available right now until... Uh, the 29th, and then I believe prices go up. So you, you want to jump on it now if you can. Mm-hmm. It's a great opportunity. Uh, KMOX.com slash events and find kegs and eggs because they provide food. There's drinks. Uh, it's all kinds of great stuff right outside, right across from Ballpark Village on 7th between Market and Walnut. We're there all the time, every year. It's a great event, great way to get the season started. So um, kegs and eggs 
It is KMOX.com slash events. A text message in regard to immigration. Again, we uh, discussed the Gallup poll, which came out today and said that the plurality of Americans, 28 percent, believe that the most important concern of the country right now is immigration. And I mentioned the um, the bipartisan border bill, mm-hmm. which was worked on by both Republicans and Democrats. So I think that is important. We want bipartisanship. That's the way the country is supposed to work. That's how things get done. A text message says, just because there is a bill to vote on that, including immigration measures, does not necessarily mean it has what needs to be done. The border needs to be closed. And I get that sentiment, but it is wholly unrealistic to expect the United States to close its southern border for good. It's just it's not yeah, realistic. It, it's not good for us. It doesn't work. Good luck trying to enforce it. We need immigrants. We need immigrant labor. We need people to work here. Um, so it's just it's just not a realistic mindset. No. And I, and I would be in favor of, you know, a much stricter border policy just to get a handle on That's who is coming to our done. country. Yep. Oh, I don't like I said, I, I don't think this bill does nearly enough, but it does something. And it also touches on the asylum policy because you can adjust and change immigration policy. But if you don't also talk about the asylum policy, uh, it doesn't matter because once you say the magic words that you are seeking asylum, the regular immigration rules don't apply. So this, while this immigration bill did not do nearly enough, it did something. And it also touched on those seeking asylum so that we can also get a handle on that. And I don't understand why Republicans didn't take this bill and sign it and say this is such a critical issue Mm -hmm. that we want to do much, much more, but we're going to sign this as a first step. And, oh, by the way, the immigration crisis is such a disaster, and there's so much chaos at our southern border that even Joe Biden himself and the Democrats themselves had to admit that their policies were disastrous and they had to pass this bill. This bill is an admission of the Failure on the side of the Democrats. They could argue that and they it would work. Argue it would work that. for them. Like that's such a great argument yeah. for them to make yeah. rather than say immigration is a crisis. We need to take action today. Oh, but not today because either A, the bill is bad, not good enough. We don't want to pass it. Or B, the bill is kind of good and we don't want to give credit to Joe Biden and the Democrats. Yeah. Those two arguments are hypocritical and they they make you look Unserious. Well, and but here's the truth. There are a lot of Republicans who would vote for this. So it isn't the Republicans are not a monolith in this. The Speaker of the House refuses to bring it to the floor because he knows it will pass and because the former president who's campaigning uh, told him not to do it. And how, allegedly. Yeah, how, and, and how can the speaker not see that he could completely spin this as an admission of defeat on the part of the Democrats? Yeah, sure. That's an easy or, or, argument or, you know to what? spin. Or it doesn't have to be a defeat. It doesn't have to be a defeat or a victory. It can just be, hey, we got together and got something done, which is what people have been saying for years. They mm-hmm. want get some bipartisanship, cooperate, compromise, get some stuff done. And that's if- what. That's how government works. That's what we all want. All the people who are in the middle. We keep talking about how this is a moderate country. How most people are close to the middle. And I believe that to be true. Well, 
I think the vast majority of people in this country want there to be compromise, want both sides to work together. Here is an example of it. And there's one extreme part of the party that doesn't want to vote for it. And that's the thing. Like we talk about Cory Bush being so far to the left, so divisive, so adamant in her refusal to compromise at all that she is in an an ineffective legislator. She's she's not pulling her weight as a legislator because she can't get anything done. She won't compromise. She doesn't talk to anybody. Ineffective, ineffective, ineffective. That's what these very right-wing members of the Republican Party are doing. If you refuse to compromise, if you refuse to talk to their side, if you hold such extreme views and refuse to acknowledge anyone within the middle and to compromise on that, you become an ineffective legislator. Correct. And there's never a bill that gets everything that one side wants all the time and 100% of what you want. Because there is going to be some disagreement about what is actually best for the border, how many immigrants should be let in, the way we should go about it, how asylum should work, that sort of thing. You're never going to get 100% agreement, and no side is 100% right. Let's get that settled. Each side can be wrong and has been wrong in this issue. Various different aspects of it, and you can debate those aspects. But the point is that no matter what we do as a country, there are there are opposing political viewpoints. Not there's never been a case where one side gets everything and you shouldn't get everything. You should get some of what you want and the other side should get some of what they want to. Here's an example of it. It's an example of it. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just I, I don't know how it's going to play when the general election happens or if the Republican Party will suffer as a result. Mm-hmm. It's February. So we're still several months away from it, and I think there are short memories with a lot of voters, so maybe they won't be thinking about this issue when it comes up in in November, but maybe it will. Maybe it'll be enough to cost them some House seats or maybe maybe a Senate seat or two. I don't know. But it's obviously a concern of both parties and the voters on both parties. And and when you, again, you see the images, whether it's Eagle Pass or... It is the 60-minute special about in the San Diego section, that hole, that four-foot hole in the wall where you have all of these Chinese nationals taking a multiple-country trip to get to South America, to get to Mexico, to cross the border at this one pass. All I can think is, oh, my gosh, how have we not taken action to stop some of this? Because it is not tenable. Um, This text message says the extreme right and the extreme left don't like the bill, but the people in charge of border security want it. And that's good enough for me. Yeah. The Border Patrol endorsed it. They said, let's go with Mm -hmm. it. So who else would you want to hear from than the people who are boots on the ground dealing with it every day? If they're telling you this is a step in the right direction, then it is a step in the right direction. So let's take it. It's just, it's mm-hmm. mind-boggling that we're not doing it. Crazy to me. Um, real quick, too, we talked about the primaries in Michigan today, both for the Democratic side and the Republican side. Obviously, the biggest names on the Republican side. Donald Trump, Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley, I, I think, is knows she's not necessarily going to win any of these primaries. She's hoping for 40%, close to 40% in the primaries, 
and at least so far has said she will stay in the race at least until Super Tuesday, which this year is March 5th. That's Amy Marks Coors. I'm Chris Ranji. When we come back, we have some real interesting news for you. And it's an outrage. It might be outrageous news. I think it's outrageous. Amy thinks it's outrageous, and I think she might be right. We'll tell you what it is when we come back on KMOX. Chris Ranji, Amy Mark scores with you and with some outrageous news. Tell I don't me about know if it. it's outrageous or outraging news. Wendy's. You know Wendy's, the fast food joint. Yeah, I love Wendy's. Wendy's is introducing surge pricing. Like Uber. Like Uber? So Wendy's items could cost more or less depending on what time you order because they are introducing what some are calling dynamic pricing, what others are calling surge pricing. And this could come into play in 2025. They're investing tens of millions of dollars into digital menus so that my guess is there's no permanent price, right? You can say, well, what does a hamburger at Wendy's normally cost there is no normal in 2025 there will be no normal and that's why i would say look at the prices now because if they do introduce surge pricing will the prices ever be lower than what they are now like at off times when the demand is lower or is the price now the base level and they'll only go up so the end uh, the wendy's ceo called it dynamic pricing Mm -hmm. sports teams some of them offer what's called dynamic pricing, where if it is a game with higher demand, then the tickets go up. If it is a game with lower demand and nobody wants to see it, like, for example, if the Pittsburgh Pirates come to town, mm-hmm. uh, tickets will be cheaper than normal. That's what dynamic pricing is. And then I guess ultimately the 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 theory is that in the end, it all kind of evens out. Right. Right. By the end of the year, you get about the same amount of money for tickets on average. This is, I don't know what they're doing. I think they are just, they're calling it dynamic, dynamic. pricing, but it's really surge pricing. I would be and shocked if they tried ever to, lower the price. Never. They'll never do mm-hmm. that. But I think it would be a good thing to do to entice people to show up during the off hours. You know, like. It could, but here's the thing. If enough people show up during the off hours, the prices go up. It's all about. Supply and demand, and I know they're saying, well, it will never be as busy at 1230 as it will, excuse me, it will never be as busy at 10 a.m. as it will be at 1230 p.m. Well, sure, but let's say a hamburger costs $5, even a little bit of a surge pricing means you're paying $5.25 for a hamburger at 10 a.m. Again, I don't know exactly how it's going to work. What's interesting is the New York Post has reported that Wendy's, is already the most expensive fast food chain in the United States and that menu costs rose 35% between 2022 and 2023. Wow. That's a lot. That is a huge amount. I didn't know that Wendy's had was in a position to raise its prices that much and then introduce dynamic pricing. So I don't then buy whatever excuse it might be. That, oh, well, it's uh, it's our costs have gone up, so yours go up. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that it is not proportional. I guarantee you they, they have not jacked up prices in proportion to how much they have had to pay to get supplies. And I think that's not just true of them. I'm sure it's true of most companies, most larger companies around the country, where they, they have rightfully said, hey, 
our supplies have gone up, so we do have to do a little price adjustment. But they probably saw and, and tested how much they could push it. Like, how much can, yeah. how much can we do this and people will still come by here? It's It's crazy because... So a spokesperson for Wendy's confirmed all of this with Food and Wine magazine and then said they really have put a significant investment in growing its digital business, which I mentioned mentioned the digital menu boards, which means there's no regular permanent price for a large fry. I don't who knows what a large fry costs. But then as early as 2025, they'll have enhanced features like not including dynamic pricing, different offerings in certain parts of the day. And here's the interesting part Yeah, that you're going to read oh, right here. An AI-enabled menu changes and suggestive selling based on factors such as weather. Okay. So this is, this is what I find to be fascinating. When you go to um, a lot of the fast food places now, I don't know if Wendy's does it. Mm-hmm. I think McDonald's has a... Video screens instead of uh, like hard, um, what do you call them, menu boards, Yeah. right? Where a person has to come out and physically change the menu board and put up new lettering or whatever. Now they're they're kind of like a lot of billboards where they're clearly controlled by a computer somewhere and you can change them. Would it be, would the artificial intelligence be so advanced and up to date to the point where you could be staring at a menu looking at what you want, and then right in front of you, the price changes yeah. while you're looking at the menu. Because I think that would infuriate it could, people. because it did say within minutes. So I guess it depends. At some point, it's got to change. So when... Can you imagine how that would go over? It would be ridiculous. Or the offering changes because like a the stock weather price. changes. Yeah. Watching it change in front of your eyes. And could I, you could you imagine like, all right, I'll get that. That's five fifty, and then you're looking at it and the next thing it says six fifty. Yeah. Well, well, hold on a second. Wait. It went up a dollar as I'm looking at it. I mean, that's what Uber does. That could like, conceivably happen. Uber yes. changes while you're looking at it on your phone. And it just surprises me too, because one, I don't know. I always felt kind of like sorry for Wendy's because I thought that they were constantly going out of business. Who goes to Wendy's? Apparently a lot of people do. And really? also, I think, you know, the whole like Dave, you know, I'm Dave, the founder of Wendy's. Yeah, he's and This is my dead. daughter, Wendy. And I think I thought Wendy was adopted and it was this sweet story, but it's not. I think I confused Wendy with Pippi, Lock- Pippi Longstocking because they kind of look the same. Yeah, anyway, she's not adopted, but Dave, his daughter, Wendy, it was supposed to be this sweet story. Wendy's is now... Turning into, I don't know. The devil? Yeah. Like, okay. like the antichrist of fast food. I, I think Wendy's is great. I still do. But listen, you can't be changing prices while we're... Can you imagine what would happen if Andrew is at... He's going to lose his mind. He would lose mind. his mind. If he's looking at the board, deciding what he wants... And then it changes. And it changes while he's looking at it. Goes up a dollar because oh. he was indecisive. Oh, he'd probably lose his mind. He would lose his mind. He'd get out of the car and he'd start with a baseball what bat. with one of the Dave? With some of the garbage in his car and just start yeah. beating up on the video board. Dave, the dad of Wendy? That's right. What, what are you doing? You are supposed to be the good guy. Look... If you missed this show, everything is available on the Odyssey app. Might as well go back and listen to it twice. It's like a good album. Odyssey app, free. KMOX.com. Chris and Amy show will be back with you tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's KMOX. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.